Hi, I'm Jess, and I am an actor, producer, writer, and I am also an introvert. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I am an actor, producer, writer, and I also happen to be an introvert, and this is The Introvert's Guide to... Uh, before we get started, we'll tell you how you can get a hold of us. You can find us on Twitter at IntrovertGuide2, the number two. You can find the website at IntrovertsGuide2.com. And you know, if you have a question you want us to answer or you want to give us feedback about this show, you can reach us at IntrovertsGuideToStuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide 2. So, Jess. Yeah. If there's one word that makes an introvert's blood run cold, more than parties, more than travel, more than small talk, it is networking. Oh my gosh, is it ever. And you know, when since we are people who work in theater, there are always, in the entertainment industry, there are always these network events. Um, I often refer to them as schmooze fest parties or something along those lines. Um uh, do you do you end up going to those much? Do you know what? Yes, I have to push myself. And whenever we're we're in this field of creativity, we need to rely off of each other. It, it's not the greatest event that I look forward to exactly, but it's on my calendar, and I gotta go. I have avoided them ever since theater school, mm-hmm. um, where I found myself at. Um, uh, there was a, a special performance for uh, uh, an actor celebrating his like 50th year in the industry or something like that. And then afterwards there was this party and it was a who's who of everyone in theater in uh, uh, the entertainment industry at large, because he was like a massive figure who'd been in everything and worked with everyone. And so here we were, theater school students, somehow finding ourselves at this thing surrounded by people that we uh, looked up to is not quite the word, um, idolized in many cases. Mm. And I froze so badly. Like I, there were people who were like just walking up to people and like being like, Hey, I'm first year theater school student. And my name is whatever. And getting into conversations. And I was like, I don't know how you're doing that. And I am freaking out. Oh my gosh. My skin's crawling for you, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I, I mean, I stuck around, uh, uh, about as long as I thought I could or had to, and then I was gone. Um, and I, I haven't really done networking events since. That's too bad. That's too bad. You know what? Honestly, I, I can see why. You know, the one time I remember finding out how important it was was when I missed an opportunity. And that's where I really kicked myself. If there's one thing I will push myself for is never missing the networking opportunity. It's different with pitches, you know, like for instance, with fringe, when you have to go and flyer and pitch your show and it's a little different for me with their, when it's networking, it's understood that you should listen to each other and you should take the time to meet this person. And it's hard, but I've met some really great people because of it. And it's one thing I really feel I can actually conquer 
Mm-hmm. Do, what, what I mean, see, for me, I'm like, I am breaking out in like a cold sweat just thinking mm-hmm. about this. Um, I and, and part of it, I think, is even more than going to a party where the worst thing that can happen at a party is that people might think that I'm a bit of a... Uh, uh, a nerd or, or maybe a little socially awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, but at a networking event where it's, you know, it, it's work-based and you're talking to people who um, could give you a job or help you get a job or be mentors or whatever. Um, that I think, I think because that one feels even more important mm-hmm. um i think i freeze more for that fair okay you know it is hard to break the ice i gotta say you know especially when we do value solitude <laughs> and we do value just alone time and just taking in the room i i can see why it's hard when it's events where it's understood that people randomly are going to be talking to you for, for whatever particular reason, no matter what you can provide that other person. I take so I think that's where I take solace mm. is knowing that everybody's on the same page here. Mm. Everybody's here for an opportunity. So for a party though, mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No freaking way. Is that happening freely? <laughs> you know, uh-uh. well, that's fine. We're, we're kind of, we're kind of, we're kind of working on opposite levels there. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. I mean, one of the interesting things for me is, you know, my, one of my other, my other projects is uh, a theater podcast called stage worthy. Uh, and you've been kind enough to be a guest on that. And um, when I go to, if I get invited to say an opening night mm-hmm. after the opening night, there's usually a reception, um, which, and really a reception that always feels like a, like a networking event. It's not really a party. It feels more like a chance to be seen by people and to, and that sort of thing. So it really feels like networking. Yep. Um, and I have always just booked it at the end. Oh, Phil. I'm just out of there. Just Audi 5,000 by Phil. There's the door, man. Yep. Oh man. Yep. Yeah, and that and that has a lot to do. I mean, because I realize that it's a networking event, and that seems to like that is like that's a thing that just sort of uh, uh, really makes me freak out. Like mm-hmm. even more than when we talked about parties, I have that um, uh, that flutter in my chest, that fight or flight, just thinking about this the 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 thing. Yeah. So um, I'm curious about about what what you do. Uh, in order, like, how do you deal with that? What are your tips and tricks uh, uh, for dealing with networking? You know what? It's so funny. My high school civics and careers class pops into my head every time. And just when I think that that class could not be more useless, careers pops in my head. I know, make eye contact, firm handshake, just say quickly, concisely, who you are, what you do. And if there's anything that you can do for this person, you make yourself available. And that is just that right there in my head reminds me that I am a business professional. I do not have to let my social anxiety get the better of me. Not right now, not today, sir, not today. Um, so that would be my tip for it. It's just barge right through the barrier. Hmm. Get the get the eye contact. That immediately levels the field. That's that's where I start. After that, I really have to read the conversation. 
Do you find that eye contact difficult? Like, cause you know, it's, it's similar to that, that whole party thing. You remember we were talking about parties and, and I was like, I'm the guy who's just sort of standing by a group of people smiling and nodding. Um, <laughs> How could I forget? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and the, 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 the eye contact thing, uh, uh, because again, there's, I don't know. I, I live in, I live in the big city. We don't make eye contact with regular, with, with people we don't know very often. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't make contact with people we know very often. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, it becomes sort of a, a thing where like if I'm in this place and, uh, there's just a room full of people milling around the idea of walking up to somebody and making eye contact and just saying hi, it seems like the simplest thing in the world. And yet it terrifies me more than anything else that we've talked about so far. No, it's so true. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I'm, you know, I'm no, I'm, I'm not very smooth when I do network, you know, for, you know, my landing isn't exactly the cleanest, but, <laughs> but I, I, I don't exactly have the greatest grace when ending the conversation. However, eye contact it's one thing when you're in the performance studio, you're doing a workshop and you know, you got to make eye contact. It's very different because you're in a very different, if, it's your mindset is just going to be different. Eye contact. I don't like it as much as you do. I can, my Mm. stomach is actually turning just thinking about it. And Mm. Oh my gosh, my palms just got sweaty there. (laughs) 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 Oh, here they come. Here come the nerves. But you know what? For the sake of not being a socially awkward gremlin, Mm. I I have to just get right in the windows of their soul. Like Mm. I'm not happy about it. And I find myself actually looking at the corner of their eye. If I'm uncomfortable, Mm. I start to move to the corner. I'll maybe pretend like I'm shifting around. And then as soon as I start noticing I'm rolling up my sleeves or my hands are doing a whole bunch of sign language that I wasn't Mm. aware I was doing, (laughs) that's when, yeah, that's when I have to just back off and, and maybe end the conversation there. If I can't, I don't know. Sometimes I look for the exit. It's bad, but I I didn't say I was graceful. Mm. Do, Do you have like an opener? Because I mean, it seems stupid, but um, I always, it's like uh, the idea that walking up to somebody and saying hi just isn't quite enough. I feel like I need mm-hmm. more because hi doesn't start a conversation. No, it's true. So do, do you have an opener? Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, my thing, working retail has its benefits. That's, the, <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that's the day job is retail, but being able to break the, the ice in conversation has actually been a transferable skill I can bring to the networking table. Um, mm. My opener, it, it usually depends. Uh, but let's just, because we don't have a specific situation here, let's just say I'm the one that's doing the breaking of the ice here. I most likely just walk up and mm-hmm. say, hi, um, listen, I know this is going to seem random. I just, I have to level the field with them. So I just, I make it as awkward as I can Mm. and make it as charming as I can. And that seems to create Mm. this little quirkiness to it and people are okay and they become relaxed. Mm. So that's kind of my train of thought. I'm not afraid to be dorky. I'm okay. That's interesting. And, you know, and the funny thing is that, you know, we're talking about this coming from our background of, of, of theater and the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. but everybody has those things that are networking events for them, whether it is that they are actively going to 
something to further their career or even like the office Christmas party, which is a party, but also a networking opportunity. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like the deadly combo of two. Um, (laughs) So there's, there's always these things. And I think there's, there's a lot of us who are introverts who um, find ourselves at a networking event that we went to wondering why we're here and standing against the wall. Is there, have you, have you ever, have you ever like really like bummed at one of these things? Is there, is there a moment that you can think of where you were just like, that it was the worst example of something I could have possibly oh, done? Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think I have more times where I failed than I succeeded, but like it could all just be in my head in all honesty. But I, oh my gosh. I remember this one time. It was so quick. It was for like the quickest two minutes. And it was someone that I really looked up to in the theater community, just in my hometown. And I wanted to talk to them about their writing process. And I wanted to find maybe there was a way that we could, you know, he could be this person that I could bring my script to, give me notes sort of thing, um, without it bordering into, you know, dramaturgy. So I decided this person was at a coffee shop that I was at. I thought it would be smooth to buy them a coffee and sit down with them. This person was not pleased with this. And I can see, I can see full out why, (laughs) but me trying to be, you know, reaching for the stars here was, you know, just not paying attention to where I was bumping into. But, um, I sat down with this person, coffee in hand, held out my hand and said, hi, I saw you at a seminar one time and suddenly I just started mumbling words and it it just wasn't audible. And he kind of just looked at me like, kid, who are you? Where did you come from? And then he's like, what's in the drink? I'm like, it's a coffee. And he's like, it's opened. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm I'm sorry. I I actually opened his coffee (laughs) while I was over there. And get this, get this. Worst thing I had ever done. I was so nervous. I took a sip of his coffee and was wearing lipstick. Oh no! And he's uh, yeah, exactly. That's that's the bomb right there. That was the worst <laughs> thing. I didn't network for years after that. I was like, I'm never looking back. And like, no. He never spoke to me. Wanted to look at me again. We saw each other like three times after that. And he was like, Oh my gosh, that's the girl. Like almost tried to put something in my drink. <laughs> like what the heck. <laughs> Jess, I'm sorry. I think you're. I think you're now the poster child for for networking uh, awkwardness. That's like. And here I am trying to give like advice. <laughs> Who am I to talk? Well, actually, like here's 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 the question, and this is probably the most important question. Uh-huh. Was your life over after that? I thought it was. It it wasn't. I told so many people afterwards and they laughed and laughed and laughed. And mm. it turns out that this person is just standoffish in their demeanor. So if anything, he probably thought I was a little quirky, mm. but just chose not to associate themselves with me anymore. Yeah. So what you're saying is that, is that you bombed hugely, but it did not, it did not destroy your life. I survived. You live on, you move okay. through it, and it's yes. a laughable moment. And that's it. You'd brush it off, get up and try again. Don't do what I did and just quit. Get back at it. Well, I guess that's the that's the 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 best we can hope for. I mean, it's the important thing is that like you didn't die. 
after that happened, although you might have wanted to crawl into a rock uh, or under a rock, not into a rock, but maybe into. Um, and <laughs> and <laughs> who knows and how it happens? Everything like you, you survived. That's right. And, and you know what? We can only hope for the best in these situations. It's different than parties. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. different. This is something that can really be used to better yourself. And I mm-hmm. think we rob ourselves of, of these opportunities when we allow embarrassing moments to get the better of us. We just got to mm-hmm. breathe through them. Everybody's, someone's done worse, right? No one's done worse than probably me, but mm-hmm. <laughs> kidding, kidding, but. Well, no, I mean, I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, I, I don't have one of those stories because of how vehemently I have avoided those events. And so I guess. Well, la-dee-da, well, Phil, no, no, but I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. What have I missed out on by not going to those events? Is there is there ever been a I, there's no way, sorry go ahead no there's no way for me to know is what I'm saying mm-hmm. but there are possibilities and things that I could have I could have met people and I could have uh, uh, I could have uh, gained opportunities has there ever been a time where like you've kicked yourself because you didn't go like did you find out maybe later like I know you just said like you know you don't know exactly what you missed out on but is there a point where you did kick yourself a little bit no never once. <laughs> never once i was always like well i didn't go to that thing eh. <laughs> awesome phil i know i know it's kind of like well you know the thing is that i'm I'm so oblivious to it because here's why i didn't regret i saw you know i'll see pictures of it on facebook or whatever people having a great time or maybe there's a you know oh so and so was there and i'm like you know what i would have been standing in a corner not talking to any of those people so i didn't miss out on anything very nice all right, that's fair. That's fair, and that's good. No, it's terrible because I think here's here's here, my like here's the thing that I want to get is I want to get um I want to get to a point where I could go to one of those and I have a sense of what I could say or do mm-hmm. in order to have reason not to avoid those things those those networking events. I did ask, as I do, uh, on social media, mm-hmm. and I asked on uh, Twitter and Facebook, and I asked people, I said, we're going to be talking about networking, and if there's one thing that's made me break out in a cold sweat and just outright avoid it, it's the networking event. So what are your tips and tricks for surviving a networking event? So um, Adam said, stay to the edges, don't try to meet everyone. Have two good conversations rather than 20 short ones. Good planning, Adam. Good planning. I I do like the remembering that you don't have to speak to the entire room. Not everybody is going to be conducive to what you are trying mm. to accomplish. So that's, yeah, that's pretty fair. Marie Eve said, so far during networking events, I set myself a goal to talk to one or two people about their projects just so that it doesn't feel too overwhelming. It doesn't grow my business as fast, but it helps me not dread the idea of a networking event so much. That's also fair. Uh, Kieran says, <laughs> I like this. Uh, I make myself as attractive as possible in an individual and alternative way, meaning slightly like a freak, but in a curiously attractive way and wait for someone, a man usually, to start up a conversation. If he's interesting, I spend the rest of the event having a deep conversation. Oftentimes, he ends up being a very influential person, or at least one I would have sought out if I was being strategic. 
Uh, oh yeah, and to go with a I oh, oh yes I and I go with an extremely attractive friend because often she's the one they want to talk to, and then you can hook them <laughs> with your fascinating hook them with your fascinating point of view. All of that was fantastic. <laughs> oh man, oh that's fantastic. Okay, you know what? I don't know. Okay, but what if you can't bring a more tra- what if you are the most attractive person in your circle? Well, I mean, but but I mean. As Kieran says, like uh, from, from from her description, I feel like she doesn't need to bring the extremely attractive friend because she's set herself up to be interesting in by dressing in her cur- you know, a curiously in a curiously attractive way. Um, and so that's that's something that um, that that somebody comes to her, which I guess is the the ideal. If like if you're a nervous person, like the, if it's the idea of walking up to somebody and initiating the conversation that freaks you out, then having something mm-hmm. that draws them to you is a good idea. Is that a tip that can be used for everybody though? Because here's my thing. Here's my thought process behind that. Mm-hmm. If you already don't like people looking at you, whatever you're wearing not everybody is going to want to approach you, especially the ones maybe she want would want to have talked to her, this person. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're wearing something interesting or curiously attractive, sorry, I love that phrasing, <laughs> curiously attractive. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is not everybody would be able to maybe dress the curiously attractive. If that makes any sense, it, it's one of those, I don't know if I like everybody looking at me though. And everybody could be looking at me and suddenly like my social anxiety starts going through the roof when I think about that. Right. For Mm -hmm. me, I would just want to dress as Mm -hmm. professional as possible. Maybe I, I don't really like to stand out that much with my outfit. So it's just, for me, that's not really a feasible option. However, I like that answer nonetheless, because I think that can push a lot of people outside their comfort zone where they need it the most. You know what's interesting is when we were talking about parties and one of the suggestions at the party was wear something interesting that people can use to start up a conversation. And we were like, yeah. that is such fucking bullshit. Like the last thing I want to do at a party is have people talk to me. And yet here we are at a networking event. And one of the suggestions that I'm kind of liking is dress or wear something interesting so that somebody comes over and talks to you. You know what? The biggest difference for that, at least Phil, is that this person at the party most likely has alcohol on their breath when they go to talk to you. Whereas this person (laughs) at the networking opportunity might not. And that might be more comfortable as opposed to that person flinging their arm over your shoulder going, Hey, nice top there, buddy. (laughs) So Sheila had had something interesting to say. Sheila said, um, networking no longer causes me any stress, a side benefit of old age. Uh, uh, what turned the tide is I would head to events with the mindset that I was going to help rather than get. It became about listening to see what I might contribute. Not so much job opportunity hunting as offering a possible solution or perspective to a problem, or sometimes just offering an attentive ear. It's really about building relationships and not transactional. Well, we just got shown up. (laughs) That is an awesome answer. Um, However, what if you don't have as much to give is my only thing. What if you can't provide as much help and therefore need to go to these opportunities 
to, to be able to give, I don't know, to get experience in, into eventually giving these things. Well, I guess the question is like, if you're going to these things, like you, I, I don't think you can assume that people are just there to toss opportunities around. Like, you have to be able to do something and we all have our expertise. And even if it's just like to be like an ear and somebody says, oh, I'm working on this thing and I'm really stuck on a thing. And you're like, okay, so tell me about that thing you're stuck on and why are you stuck on it? Mm-hmm. And just that question that's why are you stuck on that could be enough to like break that person out, which is the kind of conversation that, that I like to have anyway with my creative friends is like when somebody says I'm stuck on a thing, I'd be like, so what is that thing you're stuck on? Why do you think you're stuck on it? Yeah. Phil, I got to tell you, you're, yeah, you're great for that. Honestly. <laughs> Fantastic. dude. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. But like, you know, I do like what she's saying, which is it's, it's about listening and building relationships. It's not transactional. Mm-hmm. That, that actually is a really nice way of thinking about networking and especially in our field where, it's a lot of creative people relying on each other. It does build quite the community that way. So I, I do like the answer. I just, it's a little con- disconcerting for young, for like, you mm-hmm. know, for me in my age being, you know, in my mid twenties, it's a little more difficult when I don't have as much, but of course herein lies the beauty of networking. If I know someone else that can do it, then therefore I can bring that person in and get those two to network. And then at least I've helped, right? So therefore, I mean, I guess it is helping. Well, that is that is the beauty of it, that, yeah. that, that being a connector of people is, yeah. is as important as being somebody who can be the person who helps. Mm-hmm. And if, exactly. you're not, if you're not in the arts and you're going to networking events, maybe you're a new entrepreneur and you're going to those events or you're just trying to get ahead in your job, so you're going to industry events, um, I think that, and, and this is what I'm getting from what Sheila is saying is like the idea that you're there to get something it, it, like that makes you feel desperate. Like right. You need something rather than if you have something to give. And really Jess, even though you're like, uh, you're, you know, you're in your mid twenties and you know, you're, 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 you're quote unquote younger. You still have areas of expertise. You have experience with, with, with your industry. And so you have perspective that you can give that somebody might not be, be, be seeing. And so we all have those things that we can give. Then why do we see what, what things the internet has to say for us for, for suggestions? It's not very great. <laughs> I looked it up. And it's, <laughs> yeah, there's like there's like one article I saw that was. I'm reading it right now. Be that mm. person. Like, oh, what? you know, I saw that one. Yeah. I saw that one. So the the title is terrible. Be that person. Now, if you're not if you if you're just reading the headings as we so often do when we're skimming, be that person can mean so so many different things. Like. Is that the, be the annoying person, be the outrageous person, be the, like, what person are you referring to when you say be that person? Yeah. I like, what is it? Where, what else is it going? Oh, be present. I mean, like, obviously, you know, for sure we should be mm-hmm. listening. I, yeah. It's all stuff that like, you know, I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. like the smile, challenge yourself, like it's <laughs> great, but guess what? <laughs> Not very mm-hmm. helpful sometimes. Well, let's, I mean, I found a couple of things that, that, that I wrote down, uh, or a few things, actually. Um, for example, 
uh, one of the suggestions, and I'm not sure how I feel about this one, uh, get to the event early so that you're one of the first people there. It's more intimidating to walk in later when conversations and groups have already formed and you find yourself having to break into them. Uh, now, now I get that. I get what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who struggles not to arrive too early to everything, mm-hmm. that's probably not going to be a problem for me. But to me, there's a fine line between being early and being on time rather than being late. Because if you are there and you're like one of the first people there, then you just sort of milling around, Hmm. making awkward eye contact with a few other people who are the first people there. And I feel like that's like when there's so few people and you feel like everything you do is noticed, that there's a little bit more intimidation factor there. Right. See, that's what I feel like as well. Like, especially when you're going somewhere that you know, like you're kind of depending on being in the crowd. So that way you can take in this, like take in the scenes easily. I feel like every time I make a step or if I'm wearing loud Mm -hmm. shoes, everyone is suddenly slowly turning their heads going, who the hell is this person? Like, oh, oh, I totally agree. Yeah. That's definitely a problem with, with, um, with showing up too early. So here's, (laughs) <laughs> okay, here's another one. And again, I don't know about this because this is like, this is okay. I'm just going to read it. People get really worked up about finding something clever to say, but I would just ditch the elevator pitch and not try to overcomplicate things. Just smile, stick out your hand, and introduce yourself. <laughs> they think we're suave. <laughs> well, I mean, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think you're they they, they think that we're shy. So it's it it's it, my follow up to that is so yes, if I can bring myself to do that, I smile, I stick out my hand, and I say hi, I'm Phil. <laughs> but that is not a in, like we said earlier. Introduce yourself is not a a start to a conversation. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, oh, and th- see, it's funny. Now I'm looking at one that says develop your elevator pitch. <laughs> Here's a tip. Have a 30 second intro for yourself that you've already thought about and perhaps practice saying out loud. I mean, yeah, but there's still that awkward moment of having to go up to the person though. Yeah. I mean, that's great that you already know what you're going to say, but like, it's kind of like when you're, when you are flyering for the fringe in that sense that sometimes I I need to know, I, I don't know. I need to read a person before giving them a pitch. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know what, it, you know what I don't like about it is rather than the idea of having an elevator pitch, um, because that sounds mm-hmm. like, so 30 seconds is a long time. Mm-hmm. If you're doing an introduction and it takes you 30 seconds, then you need to shorten that because you, yeah. Really, if you're doing an introduction, you want to get to the interesting thing about yourself as far as I, and you know, here's me talking out my ass as somebody who just doesn't do this, but you want to get to, hi, I'm Phil. I do this. I do this. And I all, I host like I host, I host a podcast. Oh, what's your podcast about? Well, now we're into a conversation and, 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 and something, something interesting can happen there, but you want to get to it fast. I think. And that's just it. I don't, yeah, 30 seconds is long. You're right. I feel like I'm about to pull out like some sort of like PowerPoint presentation at that point yeah. <laughs> with my business card. Yeah. No, because the idea of of calling it an, an elevator pitch really sounds to me like uh, like you do, you're preparing to do a sales job where really 
all you're doing is introducing yourself. Mm-hmm. There's another suggestion that I really hate. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so all the ones that I really hate first, because because <laughs> I, I these okay yes again I'll just read it. Okay. Rather than networking, okay. <laughs> rather than networking, I sometimes say to clients I'm coaching that they should try to aim to engage in net friending. Chatting to people and trying to identify the one or two they genuinely like enough to consider possible friend material. If you could come away with just a few possible friends from an event, then the work benefits may flow naturally at a later date. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Phil, take it away. Why is it terrible? No, I mean, and and you could see see exactly why why I hate that, right? Yeah, no, but like, why? Okay. I think it's silly to think of these people as potential friends. Like I'm not going in for a friend networking, right? Like it's very obvious. And for me, it's, it's a facade to think that way because fakery suddenly becomes in the mix, right? I'm not looking to make new Mm -hmm, friends mm -hmm. and to start suggesting that I should look at these people as friends. I, I think there's a difference between being friendly, but being warm and professional, to me, just giving off that attitude is better than saying, look, look as if you're making friends. Like, thanks. Oh, like, like here, yeah, because that's the thing is I'm probably not going to this make friends. I'm going to make colleagues or connections or or things like that. But uh, I have friends. <laughs> exactly. I don't need more. Like, I have friends. I don't need uh, – uh, uh, I'm not going to this because I need uh, I need additional friends. Yeah, honestly, my handful of friends are already more responsibility than I need. So, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I all there's also um, uh, and this one is similar to one of the coping me- mechanisms for mm-hmm. a party. Um, you don't have to go it alone. Having a buddy can make large events much less intimidating. So. Bring a colleague or friend to your next networking event. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I like it, personally. Um, as long as you both have a common cause. Well, that's the thing, is you want to make sure that you both have something that you want to accomplish. Uh, if not together, it needs to be similar. Right. Otherwise, your friend's just going to go off and do their thing and possibly can leave you behind, which defeats the right. whole purpose. <laughs> oh, no. It's that party situation. They always leave you. They always leave you hanging. Here's one. You don't always have to initiate. But if you're hiding against the wall with your arms crossed over your chest, you're not giving off a very approachable vibe either. So try to relax, smile, and look as warm and casual as you can. It'll open the door for somebody to walk up to you and start the conversation. And maybe that's something that that I'm mm-hmm. forgetting because I'm always assuming that I am the one who needs to start the conversation as the person going to the mm-hmm. networking event. That if we are all here at this networking event to make connections, then there may be other people who may be wanting to walk up to me and say hello. I just have to give off an approachable vibe. Alongside that, there's one piece that I'm looking at. Will yourself mm-hmm. not to care one of the greatest weaknesses of the introvert is caring too much about what the world thinks of you. Cut loose a little bit. Forget about other people. Mm. Disregard the opinions of others. Will yourself not to care. Oh, well, gee. But you know what? I mean, that isn't, isn't that the problem? The, the fact that we are 
worried too much about how we're going to look or like, what are they going to yeah, think of us? I, I really? Mean, and, and that's just it. Is it also just as simple to say you shouldn't care what other people think? Uh, no, you're right. You're right. And as I'm saying, as I say it, I'm like, Phil, it's bullshit advice. Exactly. It's one thing whenever, no, you know what? No, forget it. No, it's all just bad. It's bad. It's, it's bad. I was about to try and stick up for it. But I'm like, no, that, that's an extrovert right there that just wrote that. Well, I mean, and, and we saw that with parties too. There are lots of, there are lots of things that when people are writing and I'm, you know, they're trying to be helpful, but I think that they, that some of these, the people who write these don't quite understand the introvert point of view because they are not introverts. Here's an interesting one. If you're standing alone by the wall, introduce yourself to that other person standing alone by the wall. Odds are he or she is as nervous as you are. Voila, you have something in common to talk about. And maybe I'm not going to say, hey, and here's, here's why this one sort of made sense to me. So here I am standing against the wall and I look over and there's somebody else. They're standing against the wall and we're both looking uncomfortable. And I look over at them and I say, I hate these things, don't you? No, that's brilliant. Oh, man. Yeah, that just works. And suddenly you you have an opening. And like this person's not even going to look at you awkwardly. They're just going to nod their head and go, yeah, this is weird. Because we, because you know what? And, and that's uh, that's the difference between, hey, nice tie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, the I hate these things is a great, I think is possibly a great, a great opening. I so like that's actually a really nice way to break the ice you might actually get a little buddy to walk with you i agree with that that's a nice one so what what have we what have we learned here (sighs) aside from the fact that i'm chicken shit aside from that phil you're really missing out (laughs) for me what i've learned you know what i've learned a few tips as well like I mm-hmm. always just had to rely completely off of the fact that you just walk up and go. But hearing all of these answers, there's actually a lot easier of a way to go about it than simply just walking up and putting yourself in those mm-hmm. situations, right? Yeah. You know, definitely sticking close to the wall and finding those people to gravitate towards is awesome advice. There's there's power in numbers. Yeah. And I think like the, I, like recognizing that you're not the only person there who's there to, to meet people, that there are other people trying to do the same thing. Yeah. You're not going to meet everybody as well. It's not, it's not speed dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's another thing entirely. It's not speed dating. You are just there to, and, and, you know, there was a suggestion, meet a couple of people. And, or, you know, what is it that you can give while you're there? Like, you don't know until you start that conversation or until that conversation Mm -hmm. happens. The fact that everybody is there to meet someone or to meet people, to connect is, I think, the in. That's right. It doesn't have to be you making the initiation. I'm going to I'm saying this, I'm saying this on the podcast because let's make this happen. The next time I'm at an opening and there's a reception. I need to, I need to, and Jess, I'm going to tell you when it happens. You can ask me who I met after so that I'm accountable. Um, I need to, I know, I know. I am going to go to that reception. I am so proud. I'm so proud of you. I'm sweating as it is. I'm breaking out in a cold sweat and I, I, I can feel the fight or flight rising, but I'm going to do it. Okay. I'll tell you what, if you do that as a reward, I will go on the bus 
I will get on a coach bus. <laughs> if any of you were listening to the travel podcast, I will take pictures of myself wearing a sleep mask and eating a bag of chips at the same time. <laughs> that is a promise. All right, Jess. Well, let's uh, again, like if you guys have your suggestions, I want to, I want to, we want to know what those are. Um, we're all in this thing together. So if you have suggestions, let us know. We need help. 